Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I am so glad that you're here for another episode of Homecoming. And last episode, I did not share a poem. So this week, I am going to share two. And thank you all for sending in your poetry and your vows to yourself to homecomingpodcast at gmail.com. And the first poem is by Lindsay. And Lindsay's poem reads, Today I feel awake on a hard day. I have not always been this way. Often I slip back into sleep under the guise of safety. I watch TV. I stay inside. I am upset by little things. Then I break. And remember, I need to come back to me. I need to stay here. I journal. I write. I meditate. I read. Most of all, I accept and understand. I always choose me. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I appreciate you naming that. Those seasons when we are checked out and in a lot of ways sleeping our way through life, literally and symbolically, and also how we can be present and choose ourselves. So these are really important themes. And our next uh reading comes from Iris Rivera, and Iris is sharing vows that were written in response to episode number two. So for those who are new to the podcast, you go back and listen to episode two, you'll hear the homework assignment to write vows to yourself. And so thank you so much, Iris, for these vows, and I will read them now. I won't apologize for how long it took me. I'm just grateful that I survived and found my way back to you. I didn't mean to leave you. We were torn apart early on. I didn't think I'd have a chance to ever feel whole. But as we continue the journey whole again, I will protect you even though no one has. I will support you because I have my own back. I will believe you, even if those closest to you don't. I will love you, even if others don't, because I am worthy. I will be patient with you, because you've had to learn a lot on your own. Being a first-generation immigrant eldest daughter of three, I will advocate for you because you know your truth. As I free myself of guilt, shame, and fear, I step into the light of who I was meant to be. I deserve to take up space and be present. 
Beautiful. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, Iris. You deserve to take up space and be present. And I really appreciate your vows. And it's important because it is not dependent on uh, other people making those same decisions. And yes, a part of our healing happens in community, um, but there are seasons in our lives where we have to choose ourselves, love ourselves, uh, respect ourselves, even in the midst of people who are not doing the same thing. And so I am uh, so grateful for both of you writing in, Lindsay and Iris, on uh, this week. So thank you. And both of you talk about choosing yourself. And in terms of choosing ourselves and choosing our wellness and our authenticity, uh, this really is a foundation for this week's topic. And today we're going to be talking about uh, disengaging from dysfunctional relatives. Disengaging from dysfunctional relatives. And uh, there are those who are on the homecoming journey and they have not had, or you have not had uh, the benefit of a supportive or healthy or nourishing uh, family life. There are those who are on this homecoming journey who the very people that caused you to disconnect from yourself uh, were your own relatives. And so several of you have written to me about um, the aftermath of disconnecting or disengaging from your family and trying to work through your new reality, right, of um, your independence from toxic or dysfunctional or abusive relatives. And I want to name that there are a range of experiences. And so some of you, it may be about disconnecting or disengaging from one relative while you are connected to others. And then some of you have had to disengage or disconnect from the entire family unit. And so I want to name uh, all of those different possibilities. It is um, a challenging piece when we think about the word home and homecoming that for many who are listening, it is not a physical space necessarily that you connect with a sense of home in a positive way. That uh, this is why in part holidays can be so difficult for some of us if you have had uh, challenging or abusive uh, relationships with family. And I want you to know that even if your memories of the physical home are not fond or positive or affirming, that you can still create a sense of home within yourself and a sense of home with the people that you choose uh, to be in your life. Those who uh, are affirming and are nourishing 
who want uh, wellness for you, right? Who want goodness for you. And in some ways, perhaps every week listening to the podcast that together as co-journers, we are creating a sense of home uh, within ourselves, right? Uh, so this, this idea of disengaging from family, psychologically, it's challenging uh, because that's our primary or our first sense of attachment, right? Our first sense of connection, of trust or distrust. And for most people, it is the foundation of your identity, right? That uh, good or bad, uh, dysfunctional or, or nourishing, that the people who um, spend those early years with me in a lot of ways shape me and shape my idea about myself. And so when the messages that I was given very early um, were really discredited me, devalued me, dehumanized me, erased me, um, objectified me, uh, it is, we know, even more challenging to carve out and redefine a sense of ourselves, but it is very much possible. Uh, so we think about um, psychologically how it can be hard to release people, um, especially family, because we want to hold on to hope. Right. We want to believe that it can get better. We want to believe that it's possible. And that gets sometimes to shame and self-blame of only if I was uh, this other kind of person, I would be acceptable to them. If I did things the way they wanted me to do them, they would love me or choose me or honor me or show up for me. And that can be a very draining, uh, difficult process of discovering Either I can never do enough to please them, or if I did please them, it would require me erasing myself. I would have to become something I am not in order to be acceptable to them. And so uh, psychologically, it is very challenging to uh, disengage because it also requires in some sense um, a, a willingness to surrender, to yield. Um, often we are trying, trying, trying to please, trying to gain approval, trying to gain validation, you know, believing it is in my control. If I contort and distort and censor myself enough, then I will be acceptable. And so in some ways to disengage is to release the striving and say, I choose me. And I recognize that is unacceptable to them, right? Uh, so psychologically, that is very hard. And then uh, it can also be difficult culturally and religiously. So, you know, culturally, many of us who are listening come from um, a community, a race, or ethnicity um, that really values um, a sense of a collective identity. Right, that we are in fact um, uh, outgrowths of each other. Right, that we come to know ourselves in relationship to others. And so, for some of you listening, the idea of disengaging is like unfathomable. Right, it, it is just like not even a possibility. And I know some of you who have written to me who are in that place where um, it just does. It's, it's not an option for you. 
um, based on the way you, your, your values are, the way that you understand life and the world and roles and responsibility. And then uh, some people feel like they cannot disengage or disengaging is hard uh, religiously, right? That uh, some people feel a lot of pressure around uh, forgiveness um, or, you know, when we say like honor your mother and your father, then, you know, what does it mean to honor someone who is trying to destroy me? What does it mean to honor someone who is abusing me? Like, what is what does that look like, right? And so I know um, many of you wrestle uh, with that and, and it can be very challenging to come to some level of peace as that is concerned. And so uh, whether it is psychologically challenging, culturally, religiously, or all three tied up there together, I want you to know um, that it is so important to give yourself compassion and patience because this is, you know, a hard path to figure out, you know, how can I protect my wellness while trying to live out my values or my ideals or when to let go? And I think that is um, the question that many people, I think in some ways all people wrestle with when uh, relationships are um, harmful is, you know, when do I say I'm going to keep working at it and trying to figure it out? Or when do I need to let go, right? When do I need to disengage? Um, and that may not be from a place of um, hatred or even hostility for some people, but an act of self-preservation that if I stay uh, connected in the way that I am connected, it is unsustainable, right? That I cannot survive in that. And so, you know, the first step, as I've been talking about, is the evaluation, right? Uh, assessing, looking seriously at the relationship at what about it uh, is harmful or what about it is difficult. Um, do I see any possibility of change? Do I see any effort for change? How do I feel in this person's presence? And how do I feel when I am away from that person? Uh, and so looking at all of those uh, different dynamics and sometimes because we're so close to it and can be tied up in it, uh, it can be helpful to talk to someone else about it or to journal about it um, because it is intense and, and it is can be very heavy. Um, and so looking at, you know, uh, what has happened, like what is the history of the relationship and what is the present with the relationship. And when we talk about authenticity with homecoming, I have to tell myself the truth. I have to tell myself the truth about um, what do I gain as a result of continuing to engage with this person, even if what I'm gaining is I feel like I'm handling my responsibility or I'm being dutiful or I'm being uh, a good son or good daughter, or good child. Um, you know, what do I gain? And then what is the cost? And I want to name, it's not just parents, for some of you, it may be grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, uh, extended family members, siblings, um, 
And so thinking about, you know, what has happened and also what continues to happen or what was never acknowledged. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes we have uh, issues around physical abuse and sexual abuse within families, and there can be the risk of ongoing abuse, not only for yourself, but uh, for some people, for their children, right? So if this person abused me, am I really going to go over there with my child? Or am I really going to let them watch my child when I know what happened, right, to me, to my cousins, to whomever, right? So there is um, that reality. And we know far too often family members have ignored um, abuse and, you know, offenders or perpetrators have been able to wreak havoc kind of throughout a family. Um, And then I also want to name the verbal and psychological abuse. Um, Usually, uh, most people um, will understand someone taking space when it is uh, physical or sexual abuse. Although there are some who will just say, oh, you just need to forgive and family is family. Um, but your, your wellness, uh, your, your human dignity, your right to your body and your space and your right to be safe are paramount, right? Are, are, are of the utmost importance. And so um, those realities are significant as well as the psychological and verbal that uh, some people have relatives who are perpetually trying to bring them down, right? Constantly insulting, uh, name calling, ridiculing, mocking. Uh, Some will do it under the guise of a joke, but they'll say, "Um, you're too sensitive. We're all just joking with you. But like, if everyone is laughing at you, and you are not laughing, then, you know, this is a problem, right? This is not something we're enjoying together. It is at my expense, right? Um, And uh, some people know, you know, when they enter into those spaces that out of a relative's own insecurities or brokenness or sometimes dealing with addiction, um, that they can lash out verbally or psychologically um, for toward you uh, and or toward your children um, or other people in that space. And sometimes when you have that awareness that no one's going to say anything, as we would say, no one's going to check them, right? This, this behavior is just going to be allowed to happen. And we're just supposed to all sit here and keep eating and pretending nothing's happening. Um, and it's, it's not okay, right? So, you know, you will need to do for yourself uh, that evaluation, that assessment of the, the relationships that are in question. And then uh, I will name for those who feel like you cannot uh, ponder a physical disengaging, uh, there's also emotional disengaging. And we know that some people can be in a space and are checked out. So when I emotionally check out, I am no longer arriving. Uh, needing their approval, their validation. I do not give them the control over my day, um, over my holiday, over how I feel about myself, that I, in a, psychologically, I release them, right? So uh, for those who, whether I said culturally, religiously, for some of you financially, are not yet able to disengage, um, to try to free up 
some space in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit, um, so that uh, their words won't have the same impact or them ignoring you. You know, we have cases or situations where, you know, everyone else's children receive a present and your children don't, right? Or, you know, you're always the one overlooked and everyone else has a seat at the table and, you know, every year you do not, right? So whatever that is, that uh, erasure um, or the silencing or the rejection um, or the comments about your weight, um, that, you know, one of the, the keys for us emotionally is I refuse to continue to be shocked by people doing what they have always done, right? That it is shocking and, uh, you know, uh, uh, I am amazed like the first time, maybe the first two times, but, you know, to start to recognize who the people are you're dealing with, right? That these are the relatives that are just going to be jealous or envious or um, are going to put down any accomplishments that I have or are going to make comments about my attire or about my hair, right? And so then it becomes like this psychological emotional, also even spiritual labor uh, to kind of have your armor on and, um, and to disconnect. And for some people, that is kind of how they um, ha have decided to, to do that, right? Is physically present, but emotionally absent. Um, and if, if that is your reality, I would say it's important before you go in that space to really nourish yourself. And when you come out of it to have a plan in place to like process, to debrief, uh, to uh, be around some affirming people uh, so that uh, you will be able to unload or release the burden of what happened in that space. And then there are others of you who have made a decision to not only emotionally disengage, but also physically disengage. Uh, meaning that you are not going to be around uh, that person or that, that group of people or your whole family. And um, there are different ways that people do that. Some will advocate for you kind of giving a communication to the family. You know, it doesn't have to be long, but kind of a simple statement of I'm going to be taking some space and I don't want you all to reach out to me. I don't want you to come to my house. I need to uh, take space for my own wellness, however you want to language that. Um, some people, you know, don't make the announcement. They just kind of uh, drift away. And, you know, in part, whether you make a statement or not may depend on how actively engaged you are with the people who you're distancing from, right? If, you, if people are used to calling you, talking to you, being in your space all the time, um, sometimes in order for, there to, for the boundary to be clear and respected, that you would need to say something. Um, and then there are others of you where it may be relatives, you don't really see that frequently anyway. So, you know, they wouldn't really notice, you wouldn't really notice, you've just decided we barely see each other and I'm going to make barely turn into not at all, right? Um, so making a decision about um, if you're going to uh, make some kind of statement, and I would say if you are, to um, try to stick to uh, just the facts and not a big, long, elaborate argument 
Uh, some people will try to draw you into an argument or say, we need to talk it out. And then you, you know, you have to reflect for yourself, have we tried that already? Right? If you got mad at them one day and you all have never talked about it, then maybe you do want to first try to like figure things out. But if you know, like this has been a dynamic for years and they either know what they're doing and refusing to change or they don't acknowledge it either way, um, you know, I'm done with the talking, then that can be where you are as well. And so, you know, when you take that physical space, sometimes it's enough to just say that to people and they will honor it. And then, you know, your relatives, uh, some of them will not, right? Some of them are going to blow up your phone, you know, calling, texting, maybe trying to come by. And I would say whatever you set up to be the boundary, you want to try to be consistent with that. So for some people that has resulted in them needing to block or get a new phone number um, to, to disengage if that's what you're really trying to do. Um, and you need to be honest about that because sometimes uh, people say, I'm done with you all, but that's not really what they meant. They really wanted the family to keep reaching out to them. So to try to speak what it is you actually want and then try to abide by that. Um, if you are uncertain, then you know you want to language that you want. You need to take some space for a while, and that you will reach back out to them once you've done some processing or once you're in a different place, right? A different mental space. So and so for some people, that is the you know what the dynamic is, right? You may say, I can't like. Uh, lose my family for my whole life, but until, you know, this person no longer comes around or until I get my therapy or until the kids are older or whatever that is, then I need to, you know, take space. So for some of you, it's temporary. For some of you, it is permanent and uh, it will be like, you know, that, that line is, is that door is closed, right? So when you um, are have made that decision, I want to name for you that you can feel um, both guilt and relief, right? Um, guilt, grief, and relief. So the guilt may be sometimes replaying like, did I try or, you know, could I have done anything differently or, you know, um, or this person needed me in a particular way and should I have been the bigger person? So that all of those things can kind of play in your head. And that may also be as a result of what other people have told you, whether in your family or outside of it, that pressure that you can feel. And then uh, some of you may also be feeling grief, um, a sense of loss um, for not having family, you know, not having, and sometimes we are grieving who the family used to be and that that changed, you know, there might be some life circumstances where like we used to be a caring family or I used to be close with that person. And, you know, then things just got terrible. So you might grieve how it used to be, or some of you will need to grieve what never was right. That you never had uh, a caring parent or you never had a sibling that you were safe around. Um, or you never had um, an aunt or uncle who built you up or who encouraged you. Um, and so giving yourself space to grieve that. And I know that can be hard, especially 
if you see other people uh, with those relatives and, you know, they have this loving parent or loving sibling, cousin, grandparent, um, and you never had that. I know some people will say, you know, this mythical grandmother that everyone talks about, like that wasn't the grandmother I had. You know, maybe some of you had a grandmother who was very abusive, very hostile or grandfather. And so grieving like, wow, other people are telling these like warm stories and I never got that, right? So uh, the guilt can be there, the grief can be there. And then I wanna name also, some of you feel relief, right? Relief of like, oh my goodness, thank goodness that I don't have to sit over there anymore. I don't have to fight. I don't have to argue. I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to hear those words. I don't have to wonder who's gonna rub up against me. I don't have to you know, have eyes in the back of my head, watching myself, watching my kids, trying to make sure like what's gonna happen. I don't have to keep an eye on the door. I don't have to watch my stuff because people are trying to steal my stuff. So for some of you, it's a big exhale. And so some of you are listening and you're like, I don't feel guilty. I'm not grieving them. I'm glad to be gone. And for us to be where we are. And then some of you might feel a combination of all of that, right? Guilt, grief, and relief. Uh, wherever you are in that, I want you to know that you're deserving of safety. You're deserving of love. You're deserving of respect. And so it's important that we then uh, nourish ourselves, right? To take good care of you and to uh, seek out, not in a frantic way, but to seek out uh, good connections, healthy community, nourishing friendships, and, you know, the family that you choose may not be the family you were born into, um, but, you know, other people who come, uh, come into your life and may play a parental role, the role of an auntie or uncle, your play cousin, your play sister, God sister, God brother, where, you know, we weren't born into this, but we choose each other, right? And uh, these people that we're choosing, it's not that we're perfect or we always agree on everything, but that there is a foundation of love, of care, and of respect. And that is what all of us deserve. So I am hoping wherever you are, that you give yourself permission to tell the truth to yourself about your relationships with your relatives, and then make the decisions that will honor your wellness, whether that is to emotionally take some space, or whether that is physically taking space, whether temporarily or permanently, but the aim is for you to not have to erase yourself in order uh, to be in a relationship or within a family uh, that you can be whole and well emotionally, um, spiritually. And it is a journey. It's not an easy thing. And so we want to be patient and compassionate with ourselves. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.